What's good, people? Our main topic in this week's episode includes some triggering themes, such as indecent exposure, sexual abuse, and rape. This may be traumatic for some, so please watch with caution. We have set out the relevant segments in the description. Thank you. Wagwan peeps, it's Venom, what you saying? Alongside my home slice, dammy to the same. When she and I get together on the poddy, ask anybody, the vibes are insane. Join our family and feel free to come by. Be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. New drop on the way every Monday at 6. Tune in and come see what we unpick. <laughs> What's good, people? It's your home slice, Dami Zane, in the building with I like Toby. Mm-mm. <laughs> Toby, get introduced before me, you know? And of course, my co-host, the best co-host in the world. Host, host, best co-host in the world. Couldn't ask for another one or anyone better, Mr. Jeez. Venom. Thank you very much. Hey. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. Hey. Throw your V's up. Come on now. we got a good show for you today, guys. We will be covering the Wood of the West mm-hmm. uh, documentary, mainly, as well as we're going to be giving you some hot topics as normal. And also, um, we're going to be discussing another Marvel movie that will be coming out soon. Hint, hint. Wakanda forever. And of oh. course... Before we do that, as usual, we start off with a game. And so we're going to go on to that. It will be this or that as, as usual, obviously. I'm in a hot seat this time with the help of uh, Toby. Hello, Toby. It's going to be whispering the answers to me. Get me. Um, so yeah, Venom, take it away. Boom. So this week, keeping it nice and simple. Scenario's easy, because the scenario's real. <laughs> Very real. Very simple. It's so, real? Okay. It's oh, real. Oh, Lord. Me and the wife, you're like, oh, vibes. Why don't we have, like, a movie night with Dami? Mm. So, like, oh, okay, cool. So, what would Dami want to watch? Sorry, this is in reverse order as well. So, this is, we're going to host you three times. This is what you're going to watch the third time. Okay. And then I'll ask you what we're watching the second time. And then I'll ask you while watching the first time. I have to make it so complicated. You'll understand. You'll understand. Okay. Cool. So, the third time we have you around. Yeah. Are we going to be watching The Labyrinth? Yeah. Or The NeverEnding Story? See, I don't know either of those movies. Don't judge me. So, I'm just going to pick one out of the sky. And I'm going to go, go with The NeverEnding Story. Because Labyrinth sounds scary. So. Mad. I mean, anyway, yeah, it's, they're awesome films. If you don't know, get to know. Mm-mm. Anyway, so we're going to host you a second time. Yeah. That was the third time. This is the second time. Yeah. Do you watch Terminator 2 or The Candyman? Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is actually scary as well. I can handle Terminator 2. Okay. Yeah. I see well, yeah. the first time that we host you, which I'll send you the date. When we come off air, the wife and I decided that we're going to watch something a bit more serious. Okay. But Dami still gets to choose. Okay. Is it the poltergeist or the exorcist? For the first time in um, this or that history, none of Hell them. No. <laughs> no, Hell no. you got to pick one. Oh, crap. And we're watching it. Deep it. You can tell me that we're watching it all you want. We're 100% watching up. it. It's fine. What were the options again? 
The Poltergeist? Yeah. Or The Exorcist? The Exorcist. You went with The Exorcist? Okay, cool. Yeah, because I've seen it. In no there. problemo. Huh? What? Because huh? you've seen huh? it. Huh? What you say? You huh? said you've seen it. Huh? 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 It's no problem. It's no problem. <laughs> you know, certain times you watch films, yeah? And it's fine that time. But then the other time. All I'm going to say is, so long as you and wifey are ready to have a guest sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. I'm going to film the audio so we can hear the screams, boy. Sample them, I'll put them in my next track. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's mean. It's you not mean. And you see why I went and, and introduced Toby first, because Toby shows me love. Look at what I'm dealing with. What are you talking about? How does that mean? I just I just put three movie nights in the diary. For when you before, know that before, I don't like horror movies. Before just now, you know I Before don't just like. now, you had no movie nights in the diary. Now you have three. Anyway, exactly. Let's move on. Exactly. Let's move on. <laughs> So, guys, yeah, obviously, you've heard me say it here first that I don't like horror movies. So, the fact that Venom is trying to make me endure as such shows you the kind of person that he is. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Um... Toby's in his pen, so you're probably going to hear him whining because he wants me to carry him, but you lot come first in this moment in time. So, sorry, baby. Have you seen the Black Panther? Triggity, triggity trailer. Yes, have you seen it? I have indeed. I only watched it once. I didn't watch it, like, fully trying to digest everything that was in the video, Mm. but it had a little moment on my phone, and I was very happy with what I saw. Yeah. Um... Did you have any takeaways from the trailer or anything that you noticed or didn't notice? Yeah, people were trying to have conversation with me about it. Like, oh, yeah, what are your thoughts? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to have any um, pre-perceptions of this. I just want to go and enjoy it. Mm. I did note, though, that they didn't show um, Black Panther until the end. And they didn't show him properly either, did they? No, they didn't. They didn't. They literally showed like I think from the back and like yeah, like and a hand and a or... hand and, and a leg and it's looking yeah. hella feminine. So I'm guessing it's either going to be Lupita or somebody like a, a woman taking over sort of thing. But I think it's yeah. But the th- the trailer's showing enough action for me. It's showing enough um storyline for me to get excited. So yeah. yeah, I'm definitely excited, but. I I couldn't really tell from the trailer. Yeah. But then I think it was you that sent me a link of the trailer on from Twitter or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that picture or link, the picture of Black Panther, I was like, oh, that looks feminized. Yeah. The mask and stuff. And I was yeah, like, that yeah, must yeah, be yeah, a woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it must be it Lupita. Because be I don't think movie. I don't think they're gonna introduce a new character to play Black Panther. That yeah. I do not think is happening. Hold on a second. I've just figured out how he did it. How he ca- how he escaped? I'm watching him escape right. <laughs> so if you didn't know, down. Toby is an escape artist. She bought a pen for him, nah. but I man, him, yeah, I bought him a crate. Exit the pen. And I was editing the last episode, right? And he was doing his, aka, get me out of here. I want you to carry me. And I was like, bro, I'm busy. 
Like, you've got toys in the pen, do your thing. Next thing you know, I just hear this, the feet. Man was zoomies up and down the flat, yeah? I'm like, how did you get out? Now, I'm there chasing after him, trying to catch him. Obviously, he's tiny and he's got short legs, but man is fast. And I'm like, how am I going to catch this dog? <laughs> oh, my Lord. I've just seen how he did it. And the thing is, this he dog isn't going to get any bigger. So he squeeze, I <laughs> so, know, he squeezed himself through the... <laughs> <laughs> so he's always going to be able to leave this pen. Do you know how many times I've seen people buy dog pen or some kind of animal container and the animal can easily exit this the container. Way this, the way this dog jumped, he jumped, got his head through and his body through <laughs> the thing. And obviously, I've put it right by my legs in it so that he's as close to me as possible. And he's my guy's doing bus case. Toby. <laughs> 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 Man did fresh home, boy. Look, look how innocent he looks. Guys, he's not innocent. Mm. He's not innocent. This dog is naughty. He's innocent. He met Venom I, I once and he changed. Yeah, he I, met, I, met, I met Toby this weekend, yeah. She put him on the table beside me and, and she left. And he was calm. We were talking. We got well acquainted. I was like, you know what? You're my kind of guy. I'm not going to lie. Nah, he was calm. Ever since he met Venom, things changed. I don't know. I left them together for five minutes. I don't know what Venom said to, to Toby. That's and what now, I said. Unleash your true nature, bruv. This, this Toby has been moving mad. Moving mad. <laughs> <laughs> moving mad. I don't know. I just seen his body, half his body come out of the thing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, wait a second. Anyway. I guess he's on my lap for the rest of the show. Sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I'm I'm excited. We should definitely do like a watch party for it, I feel. Yep, coming out on the 11th of the 11th, 11th 22. 11th, yep, yep. So we'll have to do something for it. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Am I going to wear African, African attire for this one or the Woman King? Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to wear for both. I might even wear the same. <laughs> the same <laughs> I don't care. Thing. They just need to just know that Oga like has unpicked, arrived. Like an unpicked. Nah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> well, I'm um, unpicked print and um, then make... Yeah, unpicked. I should be like, you know, like come through with the... Nah, you know what, much. yeah? Man's going to look into it. See how much it costs, <laughs> isn't it? If I can I get mean, a nice print on the fabric... If the price is right, we can do it. Yeah, me. It can end up being merch. Can you imagine? Higher or lower? Making full Agbada for... Come on. <laughs> ah, wow. For the culture. Do you know what I mean? The culture. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. There's enough time to do it as well. There is. There is. But yeah, hmm. guys, watch this space. We will be watching it together. And mm -hmm. it might be a together thing, like you guys come with us. And of course, we're going to talk about it near the time. But we just wanted to let you guys know that it's there. If you haven't seen it, check it out. So in our hot topics for this week, man like Chris Breezy on his, you know, promo album, whatever you want to call it, he uh, decided to do a meet and greet with the fans. And I haven't seen a meet and greet for a while that's, you know, made a social impact, but he decided to you know, charge his fans $1,000 and they're really going to meet him and he's really going to greet them. A real greeting. A real greeting. And um, yeah, boy, it looked like something that there's a lot of pictures. I think the main I thing mean, that everyone's talking about is the pictures. I and there's mean, pictures. I mean, he basically pimped himself out is what I'm going to say, because in those pictures, 
man was really doing lover boy like you would have thought he was every single one of those girls boyfriend the way he was holding yeah. them in the pictures mm-hmm. grabbing them up they're smiling cheesing giving you know what i mean he was really giving boyfriend energy like giving PDA. giving prom date yeah giving pda prom date so i guess he was trying to make sure the one thousand pounds made sense it mm-hmm. still doesn't make sense to me i don't care like Oh, do you don't think it makes sense? No, I wouldn't pay £1,000 for him to grips me. No, so, I get that. I get that. But like... um, Like what else was on offer? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you would have done like an album signing or you probably got like a copy of the album okay. signed. Okay. And then got to chat to him maybe for 10 minutes and a Is hug. That it? And the pictures. Nah, nah, nah. Probably. Nah. So, so, so Beyonce does a meet and greet, £1,000, same thing. Nah. Not doing it. No, not a thousand pounds. Damn. You need to give me more. It needs to be, oh, um, part of that one thousand pounds is tickets to the show, front row or VIP seat in, um, meet her backstage, access to the after party. It's got to be more, man. For a thousand pounds, it's got to be more. It can't just be a ten minute chat. You signed a CD that I probably bought anyway that you need to give me for free, and then mm. you're gonna you're gonna hug me, and that's it. Just a hug. If this is how men are getting money, I need to get my name out there so that people can, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We can do the unpicked 1, meet. 1,000 pounds, hug that me for 1,000 pounds. Do you know what? I'll, do you know what? 500, 500, 500. I won't even do 1,000, 500 pounds. That's in this economy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to hug the the dam- you know. The dummy Come and on. get to take the, all them posing pictures. And they're going to have a good photographer as well. It's not iPhone yeah, business. It's yeah. photographer business. And you can proper hug me. You, you can proper hug me. That's it. Just a hug, though. Don't get excited. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. <laughs> so you're not doing... So So what... You're not a massive Chris Brown fan, though. Artist-wise, who's your There's nobody. Like, number one? There's no, I mean, no, but who's your number one artist right now? But you know how much I love Drake. Okay, so Drake. So how much... Is the acceptable amount for that? For, for basically what, what you know for of what for, he for, for what Chris Brown yeah, offered. Yeah. So sign the mm-hmm. CD, ten minutes and a cuddle. Yeah. Maybe two fifty. Two. So two seventy. Hell no. Nah. I'm telling mm. you, it's not good enough. You need to be telling me, I'm giving you access to my concert as part of the price. You're gonna get really good seats. Um. Yeah, but concert tickets backstage could go for about one eighty at the O2. But that's like what I'm good, saying. Good, for me to seats. pay one thousand pounds, you need to be throwing in concert ticket, VIP, um, you know, yeah, VIP experience, um, backstage, um, after party, as well as signing my CD, giving me a cuddle, maybe a kiss on the cheek, hmm. and a photograph. That's that's. That's my deal. Boy, That's boy. what I'm negotiating. Um, if you I don't want too that, much. I'm not asking for too much for a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds. Yeah, it's a big thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not asking for too much, and I'm sure he can do that. So, mm. yeah, but for just what Chris Brown offered, it two fifty is my max, and even that yeah. is kind of steep. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Breezy ain't got the effect on you, boy. No. I thought it was a... You know what? I, I thought it was hilarious. Like, looking at the pictures, I am absolutely dying. Like, in hysterics. But 
I do think it's a good price point because it's not for everybody and it and it's engineered in a way that I agree, yeah, everybody ain't gonna pay no thousand pounds to to do that. But if you are a fan, I I think a thousand pounds is steep but accessible. And then you get to spend quality time with you know what I mean? That person that you're a fan of. I'm not crazy like that it's about any It's still not worth $1,000. It's still not worth $1,000 in this economy. I kind of think it is, man. Who, like, who's I, your top artist right now? That's the thing. I don't fan of an art. Like, my artists, like, my top artists are not, probably wouldn't be, I'd say Chris Brown, okay, even though I'm if not. MJ was busy. still He's alive. He's a superstar. Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kanye yeah, West. Kanye West. Right, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Let's say Kanye West was offering something like that. Obviously, you're not going to be hugging man like that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, I'm hugging him. But if you hug him, cool. £1,000. £1, Would you do it? No, no, no. But that's not what I like about Kanye. Like, people like Chris Brown because they find him attractive or they want to be in Chris his Brown, presence I think Chris Brown is way. somewhat attractive. He's, I mean, he's not my spec. He's not my type. But he, I can see mm-hmm. the attraction in him. Yet, I still would not spend 1000 Pounds, dollars, euros, maybe a yeah. thousand nairas. Now I'm mad, <laughs> but I would spend that money to be in a room with Kanye or to be in a room with Pharrell mm-hmm. on a on a on like a business thing, on like a mentorship thing, on a mentorship yeah, thing, that on a would business flex, but not but something not, like that. But not you. You talk to me maybe maybe ten minutes because there's a queue. Maybe ten minutes. I sign a CD mm-hmm. and I give you a hug. Especially when the when the album is midi as well, forget it, man. I don't damn, care damn, how sexy damn, you damn. are. I'm sorry, it's not enough. It's not worth the one thousand pounds. I can damn. I can literally just get pictures of you. I can look at pictures of you on the, on the internet. Yeah, but none of them have Dami Zayn in the frame. That's okay. Photoshop is real. Wow. <laughs> damn. Well, that is that on that. Well, that is that Dami on that. That is to that. The Zane. Zane. Yeah. She ain't here for it, Chris. Nope. So you need to buck up your ideas and come with a better deal come next on. time. <laughs> what the hell? Oh. Yeah. So something else that's happened recently is there is a TikToker, Miss Rita B here in the UK. Love her. I follow her. <clears throat> really lovely girl. And um, she posted a TikTok that went viral and had a lot of traction on the on the international internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna play it here now. Guy just came up to me, yeah, and the first thing he said to me is that, "Look, I know I don't have enough money to ask for your number, but I'm gonna ask anyway." And I was like, "Omar, I've got a boyfriend. I've got a boyfriend because." The first mistake you made was telling me that you ain't got money. Instead of you to trick me and pretend that you've got money, you told me from the beginning, you chose honesty. And for that reason, it's a no from me. It's a no from me. So, Venom, what are your thoughts on that? I'm conflicted. Go on. As you can imagine. Let's unpick this. I'm conflicted because... I guess from the off, he shouldn't have objectified her in that way where by his financial standings 
was the basis of him being able to talk to her or not. Mm. I think if he liked her, he should have spoken to her and just seen where it went. Mm. And then I'm also conflicted at the fact that he was honest. And for that reason, mm. she rejected him. Mm. See, Very, I, very... Okay, so techy. I was conflicted for different reasons. So for me... um. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have any qualms of him telling her that he's got no peas because that is mm-hmm. his reality. And he was very honest about that. Um, and I commend him for his honesty. Um, I also don't think there's anything wrong with her saying that she doesn't want to go on a date with him because he has no money. Mm-hmm. I've spoken about this in the past. Women want to feel secure and whether men like it or not, finances plays a big part in that. And there's nothing wrong with a woman saying, I actually don't want to go out with someone who is broke. That's fine. Mm. That's what she wants. You know, just like how there's guys that want a girl with a big bunda. It's fine. It's what he wants. It's a preference. It's a type. It's okay. Me too. I don't date guys who who don't have... You can't tell me... No, I'm not saying they have to be rich. But you just can't... You just can't be I said big bunda. No. (laughs) You're mad. You're not serious. Well, you're not mad, but that is mad. Um... God forbid you will never be mad. Sorry, that's an Nigerian me coming out, but he's not. <laughs> um, but he doesn't have to be mad rich to date me, but he can't tell me he's broke. If you tell me you're broke, automatically you are not sexy. You are not somebody I can even take seriously because you told me you ain't got peas. I'm sorry. It's just it mm. is what it is, especially because not that I'm rich, but I'm very I'm able to look after myself. I'm not depending on anyone for money and I'm not broke. So I don't want to be tied to someone who is. Sorry. It sounds that's another conversation. So I've not I've got no issues with her um not wanting to date the guy because he's broke. And no issues mm. with the guy being honest. The thing that I didn't like about that was her saying that he could have at least tricked her. Mm-hmm. And I know she did it for Bants and she probably did it thinking the girls would be like, a lie, like at least like pattern up, like, <laughs> um, which I, I, I somewhat get. But the fact that she was like, oh, you could at least trick me. Girls don't want to be tricked. That's what we're trying to get away from. So in her joking, in jest that he could have at least tricked her, it's kind of like that defeats mm-hmm. the purpose of what we want. We don't want guys to lie to us. We want them to just present themselves. And, you know, if you're not what we want after being honest with us, then so be it. You know, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you should yeah. lie and cover up and present yourself as something that you're not in order to get the girl. Be who you are, same way a girl should be who she is. If the guy or the girl, whoever you're trying to approach is not for that, then that's cool, they're not for you. Perfect, the sooner you know that, the better. You can go your separate ways and mm-hmm. meet someone mm-hmm. who is for you. Simples. So that's the bit that I was like, no. Personally, yeah. yeah. It's techie, man, because back to the money thing, right? Mm. <laughs> Him saying, like, it's there's so many levels to it. Because he said, what he say is something about, like, oh, no, I'm too broke to ask you for your number, but I'm going to ask anyway. Something, something to that yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah. That means he's looking at her and he's assuming a particular lifestyle based on her aesthetic. Yeah. And saying to himself, you know what, I, she looks like I can't afford that. Yeah, she's got a very. That she's got the soft girl aesthetic going on. Yeah, but that doesn't even mean that that is her reality either. Fair enough. Yeah, that's the one hand of it, and I guess the other part of it is like, I don't know, like what does broke mean? Because yeah, you can make a lot of money, but 
but your money is tied up in things that you cannot yes, untie I'm so it from. so glad you said that. You and then can... does that make you poor? Exactly. Because then you're not poor. You're not. Because you, you some know? people could be like, oh, it, it depends on the, what is the context behind your brokenness. Is it that you mm-hmm. have no financial um, literacy or no... The, the you're incapable of managing your money in a smart way, which means you just squander it. Are you a squanderer? Mm. Or is it that, no, actually, like I tell people that, listen, I ain't got peas. I got peas. There's savings. There's in, there's in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's savings. <laughs> there's savings. There's investments as well. So there's peas. It's just, I'm not willing to spend that peas, if that makes sense. So if it's mm-hmm. that sort of situation, then, you know, she might have missed out on a really good guy or on a really good opportunity with someone. When you was just now, when you spoke about him assuming that she is of a certain quality or of a certain, um, she's got a certain lifestyle that he might not be able to attain. Um, and that could be a presumption that might not be her reality. I get that as well. Um, but that speaks more to his self-esteem than anything mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. do with what she said or what she's about and if he doesn't think that he can meet that then doesn't that show that he thinks he's that broke that he can't meet whatever he perceived her to be remember this is a this is a moving to someone's situation it's not someone you know before or someone you've spoken about or whatever mm-hmm. and she is a tiktoker she's a known tiktoker anyway in the uk those of us that are really into the tiktok the social media i've just accepted i'm a social media person like i'm really into it so i, I know who she is right mm-hmm. so he might know who she is, let's say, for example, see oh, her right. in and real life seems, and then yeah. be like, you know what, I've seen her TikToks, I know what she's about to an extent. Or I've seen her Instagram, I know what she's about. Mm, don't know if I can meet that. So let me just shoot my shot anyway. What's the harm? Or mm. even if he doesn't know who she is and he's based it on what he's seen, what he saw was what made him move to her in the first place. I thought she was attractive. She's well put together. She mm. can dress. She's giving me soft life vibes. I want a piece of that or I want to get shoot my shot again. Why not give it a go? Whether or not that's her lifestyle for real or not, it doesn't matter at that point. Because when you move to someone or the very first meeting with someone, it's basically, basically on what you present in that moment that determines whether or not mm-hmm. you like them and vice versa. So if anything, he should have looked at her, assumed that she lives this lifestyle um, or assumed that she's of a certain caliber and and presented himself in line with that to increase his chances of her saying yes. That's basically what she was trying to say. What she's trying to say is she didn't say it in a very nice way, really. And she made jest of it. But basically what she's saying is you shouldn't have told me you were broke. And I actually agree with that. Like if you, if it's like going for a job interview and telling the employer, do you know what? Sometimes I'm late in it, but I still want to, do you know what I mean? Sometimes I lie that, mm, mm. you know, every time I start a new job, automatically all my grandparents are alive and slowly but surely I start telling you that I've lost a grandparent so I get time off. People do it. <laughs> um, but Never thought of that one. I should have. But it's all right. It's all right. Like I can still do the job. They're not going to hire you. Do you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm, if you, if you mm-hmm. want something, you need to present yourself correctly. Um, I don't know, do man. That. I don't know. <laughs> but don't I, I tell you why. I, I, I tell you why. Is what I'm saying. I tell you why I'm disagreeing still, and it's a very personal, uh, not situation, but it's something that happened for me, mm. and that's why I'm like, well, if it happened for me, then it can happen for other people. Mm. This this caused mad waterworks. 
at my wedding. By the way, I'm not going to tell it in the same way because I'm not as a, I'm not in the same emotional space. So I okay. can say it in jest and it will be fine. Okay. For some reason on the day, wow, even I was bawling. Did you cry? <sighs> Listen. I'm going to speak to wifey hey. to see if I can get the footage. <laughs> It was a lot, mm. but essentially, I was I was just sharing the story with everybody mm-hmm. about um, when when me and my wife first started dating mm-hmm. like properly, mm-hmm. and I guess I'm likening it to this situation because at that point in time in my life, I would never say I'm broke mm-hmm. because I think broke is more state of mind than it is yes. how much you make. Like you, yeah. how much how much money you make is whatever in it but mm. how you are and what you're trying to do that's your that's what your financial standing is to me mm. and at that point in time I had no free money my money was gone mm. but I was working mm-hmm. and I'm trying to build but I ain't got mm. a lot of things mm-hmm. um and anyway so we went out for like lunch or whatever da, 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 and then I can't remember how but then like she she probably invited me to hers I went to hers and I invited her to mine just as you would like naturally return the thingy except there was nothing in my house no chairs no sofa no bed mm. everything missing the yard empty like I've been robbed yeah mm. <laughs> this is the kind of house you walk into <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that the floor was brand new and the walls were painted clean yeah you'd be like this person is broke like yeah. because there ain't nothing in the house like and someone lives here so from that moment on you know this guy is broke. Mm. But I never hit it. I was just like, yeah, this is, you know what I mean? Like, I'm obviously the blah, 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 blah. And it didn't change anything, which is why I'm like... She's the one. Definitely. But also, that's that's why I'm like, she should have just gave man a, like, ask. If man's going to come forward and be like, yeah, I'm no, I'm too broke, blah, blah. I'd be like, so why are you broke? Like, <laughs> tell me the story. Well, you know Do you know what? what I mean? It might be something that, I mean... Even in the video, you can see she's outside. She might be on her way somewhere. Mm. It might not be yeah, it was a, a quick situation thing. Yeah. where you can have that sort of conversation. Um, and in your scenario, it wasn't when you moved to her that you were like, man's broke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you've yeah, already yeah, yeah. established some sort of... But, but we weren't going out. We weren't no, like... No, but you've we still established some yeah. sort of connection because she's agreed to come and see you at your house. Mm-hmm. Do you get where I'm coming from? It's yeah. not like... You've just moved to me and you're telling me, bruh, my house, there's nothing. If you ever come to my house, you're going to be on the floor, babes. Like, yeah, time you'll probably legit. have to cover the take takeaway because man's got no money. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a different, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, first impressions count. And mm. for me personally, as much as I say, oh, like, I don't want a broke guy. If I've gotten to know you to the point where your character and everything else is perfect and I and I see that your situation isn't quite but I can isn't quite what I would have wanted ideally but at the same time I can see that you're working you're not a bum you're actually trying to do things it's just that you don't have disposable mm. income that's a different scenario totally to you stepping up to me randomly a stranger that I don't know haven't had a chance to get to know and he comes and says to me ah oh, you know what I am broke but I'm still going to ask you out anyway it's different. It's different. Mm. It's different. It's I hate different. you, man. I feel like... I hate you. I, I, you know, like... The situation is... It's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Man's broke. He was honest. She lied mm. that she has a man. Mm. Which, again... 
I get why she don't Gelsie, deserve him. I get why I, get, I don't know about that because I don't know his character. I, I get why girls do that. Um, I know he's honest and she's not. I, I get why girls do that because sometimes it's like I don't want to tell. I don't want to say the real reason because if I say the real reason, it's going to actually make you feel crappy about yourself if i say to you i don't want to give you my number because you just told me you're broke imagine you you've summed up the courage to ask this girl for her number and you've told her you're broke yeah thinking i'm just gonna shoot my shot anyway and then she turns around and uses that against you and says yeah that's the reason why i'm not gonna give you my number like that would be like (laughs) i mean that would be the honesty you need that now you know don't be so stupid to be walking around telling everybody you're broke you've got a self-esteem of steel and nothing phases you that come on it's not nice and girls think about those things we do actually think about how is the rejection well not all girls some girls are really rude about it but some of us do think about okay i don't want to hurt this person's feelings so because I'm going to hurt their feelings anyway by rejecting them. But I don't want to hurt it any more than I need to. So let me think of a mm. way to like get out of it. Oh, I've got a man. And make this all nice and soft. Oh, I'm just not ready for a relationship right now. No, no. She's not ready for a relationship with you. She doesn't like you. Okay. Girls are always ready for a relationship, man. So if she's telling you she's not you ready, got, then... You just got to be the right guy. You're not the guy. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, fun, like that's just what it is. And we try and find ways to say it in a nice way, no matter how honest the girl is. But I think for me, the guy, I get where she's coming from about like, this is your first, my first impressions of you. You could have just asked me out and I could find out you're broke a bit later and make my decision Mm. at that point. But if you want to get your foot in the door, maybe not tell the girl you're broke. I don't think you should be talking about your finances Finances at all. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, unless, unless it's like, okay, we've, we've, we've got to know each other a little bit. And actually she, she's feeling me. I'm feeling her. Let me tell her my situation after some time, like you did with wifey. Cool. But on the first time. Oh, I didn't tell her nothing. I just let her see. Okay. But the first time that you're coming to step to me to ask me for my number, that's when you want to tell me you've got, even you're sleeping on a mattress at home. Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, it I weren't even sleeping on a mattress. But I <laughs> <laughs> was sleeping on chair cushions on the floor. It, I mean, when I first moved into my flat, I had to do the same thing for for a while, for a piece until things came in. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm, everyone's mm-hmm. had to live that sort of life at some point. But um, yeah, I get I get her where she's coming from. The delivery wasn't great. Please, let's not be advocating for guys to lie to us think of trying to move to someone as like trying to get a job right trying to put your best foot forward for a job and i'm not saying lie on your cv and i'm not saying say you tell them lies that... tell them whatever they want to no, hear boy. no 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 if it's no, a cv no. tell them what they want to yeah, hear for a job. yeah but for a relationship no, no don't do that nah, because don't do that for a relationship yeah, yeah, no, don't no. do that but what i'm trying to say is like the initial moving to the person put your best foot forward maybe be silent on certain things <laughs> don't trick and don't lie but be silent um and also just going back to what you're saying about like him assuming she's a certain type of caliber if you think the person is above your caliber i mean shoot your shot by all means but then just be prepared for the potential no and that's it yeah i mean i think he was ready for the no from the beginning i mean clearly because he's telling her he's broke Clearly, ah, that's one. Do you know what? Brother, that's, you know, you know when it comes to icks, yeah, that is one of my icks. No, that's just a, that that can be everybody's ick. That doesn't make sense, brother. I beg, if you're watching 
Unpicked Podcast right now or a clip from the Unpicked Podcast on Twitter or YouTube or or, or wherever, bro. <laughs> Real talk, yeah? No need to tell people you're broke at all. That's what you are. That's none of their business. <laughs> it's none of their business. You are also a person. Let them just meet the person. Let them get to know Get you. to know the person. That's it. And then if they're not on the person, cool. Because you might have told milk. her that. You might have dated her and been like, rah, she's dead anyway. And now you got turfed by some girl who actually you think is dead, but you didn't even get to find that out. Why? Because you told her you're broke. So she didn't even give you a chance. Unnecessary. Why do guys think like that? And it, we kind of need to talk about that. Why do guys think like what? that? That, oh, that, oh, well, she might have been dead anyway, but now you got turfed by someone that you never got to find out. Like, that's the mentality of I, um, who turfs who first. It's very childish, you know? No, it's the mentality of he's equated her to being something superior to him mm-hmm. based on finance. He or doesn't looks. know who she is. Yeah. Yeah, no, he looked at her, but he doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. And she's written him off yep. based on finance. Fair enough. But had he have not mentioned it, he could have met the character. And then he would have got to know, does he even like her? And she could have got to know his character and been like, do of I course. even like him? Or, oh, I got of to know his course. character and now he's broke. Boy, I'm out. Could have taken three months. And then she would have been like, you know what? You spent three months sewing into me emotionally and all that. And I'm still going to dump you anyway. Who knows? But when you're moving to someone... Put your best foot forward and see where it goes. And if either of you are not feeling it, it's not meant to be and move on. Like people take this too serious. Like it's not that deep. What is meant for you will be for you and it. Like get to meet the person, get to know them. If you're compatible, you will work out. If you're not, move and move fast as well. Don't waste time. Like, you know what? It's not for me. Boom. Out. Mm. Simples. It's me. If everyone, and don't start talking about money. If everyone operated like that, the dating scene in the in London specifically, because I can't talk about anywhere else, would not be the ghetto. It would be so much easier. It would be so much easier. Less wasted time, no deceiving, no lies, not too much emotion put in there. Like you've got to, when it comes to picking a partner for life, you kind of got to be strategic about it. I guess these days you can't leave it to luck. All I the don't time. know. The dating scene sounds dead and also sounds exciting all at the same time. You're not in it. That's why you're saying it sounds exciting. Well, obviously. Yeah, obviously. it's not. It's the ghetto. It's the ghetto. It is the ghetto out here. Best believe it. And that's... I mean, got apps happening. that on that. What? Did you say apps? Yeah. Yeah. My friend told me about some app, yeah? And basically... Every Thursday, this app comes to life and then it tells you like about all these events Mm. and everybody at these events is single. Like you have to have the app and then on a Thursday, it like opens up, tells you you how many people. um, Don't find out what the number of apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I heard that, I was like, oh, that sounds lit. Like, how could you not enjoy that? Send me the deets. Let me be the guinea pig. I'll send you the deets. Do you know what? Send me the deets. Yeah. For experimental purposes. You go on Thursday. For experimental and then you purposes. Feedback. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we'll come back and talk about it on. on, on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I can put myself through it as the guinea pig <laughs> for the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to sacrifice. <laughs> show. I thought it sounded like a winning situation. Like you just rock I'm willing up. to sacrifice for the show. I'm just saying. So, yeah. 
Okay, I'll find out the name of this thing and then I'll send it to you. The dating scene is the ghetto. It is the ghetto. And maybe we can talk about that again Mm. another time. If you watched last week's episode, you already know what's coming. Today, we're talking about Timothy Wood West. Again, it was brought to our attention. Um before last week's episode, that the BBC had done a follow-up documentary diving deeper into that whole can of worms that you already know about. Mm. Um, If you don't, we have an episode that you need a VPN to watch, or you can watch it on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify, but it's blocked on YouTube. Anyway, the allegations are there. Uh, There's been more allegations brought forward there's been themes around uh, underage things. Um, it's There's a lot there. Watch yeah. the documentary. We've left it in the description. Make sure you go and watch it if you haven't already. But I guess what we want to talk about in this episode, because we've already covered our opinions on Mr. Woodwest, is how, how we got here. How these young black women girls in fact actually um found themselves in these compromising scenarios with this person and how all of these things allegedly came to be miss dami to the zane the last time we discussed this and just so you guys know if you watch it with a vpn the reason why you can still catch it with a vpn is because it's only banned in the uk so those of our our international watchers on on youtube still have access to it but if you're watching us and you're from the uk then um yeah you'll need a vpn or you can just listen on spotify but the last time we discussed this we were saying that um the women that had come forward were all over the age of consent for um sex and so um we suspected that they were younger people um, mm-hmm. And we felt that the documentary would have been more striking, more powerful, more impactful, if I can call it that. If yeah, there for were sure. um, women who had come forward who were younger at the time that they came into contact with this individual. And going forward, I probably won't mention their name because... As much as they've banned our last one, I don't want this one to be um, to be fair. Yeah, but us. we all know who we are. We we know, and you guys will know who we're talking about because the documentary is linked in the description. Um, but yeah, I'm upset for the victims, obviously, but I'm glad that we've got victims who've come forward who were younger when they came into contact with this individual Mm -hmm. i feel like it makes the allegations more and it's not it's not like i'm out to get this person or i want this person's downfall but it's because Mm -hmm. within the culture within the black community in the uk especially we can say that we've all suspected that there was some foul play going on He's a known villain. With young girls. So because the sus- the suspicions were there, just having people come out and confirm that 
with allegations mm-hmm. that these suspicions are real it's something we've all kind of been like of course like we've been waiting for this like we've we expected this to come out at some point and so i'm glad that this documentary went a bit deeper we had new people fresh faces fresh voices an array of different types of abuse coercion grooming going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Um, across the years as well so it wasn't like in a selected time it was like oh going all the way back to the 90s we're talking here um so yeah I, I felt like this one makes the first documentary impactful or makes it more striking makes the allegations more shocking and I'm hoping that something happens off the back of it mm, mm, definitely what were your in- me, what, what, what um, are your general uh, thoughts to begin with so I felt like this was a better documentary yeah. anyway yeah. in terms of what it what it was saying and how it was delivered mm. they they um I think they picked the people who they brought on and the stories quite well based on what I felt like I knew from mm. what I'd seen in the scene and understood this person's narrative to be uh, it was good that they had someone who actually showed their face because, I, again, I felt like in the first one, it felt very, like, not wishy-washy, but it just it didn't feel, like, substantiated in truth. It just felt like allegations and alleged and, you know what I mean? It felt like the same rumours that I felt like I knew. I do this think felt this one real. was the same. I feel this, this was, it was, it's all allegation at this point. Nothing. No, 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 been... I know it's all allegation, yeah. but, I mean, I think the fact that, you also had someone who was happily there to identify themselves just to make sure that this did not appear like it was. Um, yeah, if you know what I mean, like you, it, it's, diff- it's a different level when you're, for example, in the R. Kelly equivalent. Yeah. You, I feel like we saw all the victims in that. No. No, we didn't see all of them. But but, mo- saw, but a majority of them. Ma- the, I guess the main one, the ones that were, that were open to speak. Yeah. Uh, and so that immediately led you to um, side with them, to understand their to be, humanity, to, them well. to actually believe them. Yeah. Whereas when you're just listening to voices and doing that whole blur thing, it, it can, it does take away from the truth because you know who one of the people is and the other people are not real people. They're just blurs until they become made real yeah i think you know the robert kelly situation the women spoke years and years after what had happened to them and these were grown women with Mm -hmm. um this individual they're younger and the timing is different as well in terms of how long ago it was um and on top of that I think it takes incredible courage for you to show your of face course. on of course. a platform as big as the BBC to share your story. And so I think mm-hmm. if those individuals decided that they didn't want to do that, because remember, it's not down to the producers who shows their face. It's down. Oh, to no, 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 of course, of course. No, 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 I so get if that. those individuals have said, I don't want to share my face, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it should yeah. take away from the story. Um, no, I, and, I think I'm and, more and, commending the, the woman that did show yeah, her face yeah, because yeah, it made that. everybody's I, story more mm, believable. Mm-mm, I get that. I think that, and you know, I think for me personally, I didn't really look at it on both uh, documentaries as is this believable because to me it is believable because it's something we've mm-hmm. already suspected in the UK urban industry 
it's not just something that black people have suspected. It's, it's something that people from across different cultures have suspected. If you listen to hip hop, R&B, or went to any event mm. that this individual hosted, you would have seen something and it was like a thing that people knew about. And that's what we were trying to convey in our last episode. We were saying it's something that people have ha had suspicions about. If you were in that um, sphere, if you were going to those mm -hmm. events mm -hmm. and, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that, you had suspicions. <laughs> so, I and I think there's enough of us, given the span of that person's um, career and how yeah. many places that they've been to. It, I think... It's obviously the whole point of it is to reach more people, not just the people that already know. But I feel like the majority of people that probably watched the documentary in the first place already had suspicions. And the proof is in the pudding because not only did we discuss it as a podcast here, but it was all over the oh oh uh, sorry my words. It was all yeah, over you. Oh, no, no. It was not me tripping over my own lips. It <laughs> was all over um it happens a lot, but it's just because you know <laughs> juicy. Sorry. <laughs> It just, I just had to do it. Let me be serious. It was all over YouTube. It was spoken about across other podcast platforms. Um, it was on the news the next day. There was like a little something mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. It was um, on the BBC website as well. There was an article on there and on other like um, news, online news um, broadcasters. So it did what it needed to do. And yeah, I mean, the man's, second one, man's vanished. Yeah, mm -hmm. the second one adds to that. And that's what I'm really happy about. I'm glad that it's not just six girls. It's basically double that now. And mm -hmm. it might even encourage more people to come out and speak. And another clear difference is the first one, the BBC were very hush-hush about what they knew. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In this one, they're like, you know what? We did have complaints and we're going to, re-look into those and we could argue that they should have looked at it in the first place but the fact that yeah. they've agreed to look at it now is movement and I think the mm -hmm. producers production and everyone that was behind it they should be absolutely like incredibly proud of themselves for that just for that alone it's not a big stride but it's better than what it was before where it was like yeah it's better than nothing it was like a suspicion that people spoke about maybe joked about but no one really addressed it addressed it or people tried to address it and it got shut down and stuff like that maybe because people were too scared to speak more than anything that was probably the reason but now people have spoken and it might get we might get more people and if the bbc are open to look at it now it might be a jimmy savile situation where it's like well We'll look into it to the point where this can end up going to court and this person is still alive. So it's not even like, a, oh, it happened after they passed. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, it's quite positive. The one thing that stood out to me watching both those documentaries, and I guess Robert Kelly's as well, to be honest, is mm -hmm. the freedom mm -hmm. that these girls had. Yeah. It definitely speaks to a... A level of accessibility that I don't think we as a culture have ever 
really addressed yeah. for, for how dangerous it actually is. Yeah. I think I think maybe even we've addressed it on the opposite side of the foot and tried to be liberals and tried to give our our own people, male and female, young young boys and young girls, a level of freedom um, to grow up, which is actually very unsafe and has and I think leads to most of the problems that are experienced in our culture. Because mm. when you think about the way, not that this is about boys, but just to quick, quickly sidetrack, if you think about the way that young boys are involved in activities that they shouldn't be, whether they're drug related or gang related, yeah. not, that yeah. not that they're mutually exclusive, but generally this comes because of the freedom that they can experience in the day and in the night. Yeah, a lot of it is because, I mean, in the UK, in London, I can't speak for anywhere else. I hate that I have to always say that, but there's always going to be someone in the comments that's going to be like... Let them comment. (laughs) I'll let them comment, boy. I'm talking about you, uh, Do you know what? We've been doing doing this podcast (laughs) long enough now for me to not care. So I'm just going to say, here in the UK, Mm. majority of people in our community and when i say our community i mean the black community specifically um are from working class backgrounds and what that might mean is either when you look at it from a sociological perspective the parents might be parents parent carer guardian probably working long hours or more than one job and that means when we were young, like, I remember we, not me, well, at a time, me specifically as well, we relied on things like after school clubs and, you know, other things like that to help, like, to keep us off the street, out of danger, in a place where we could be safeguarded to an extent, um, mm-hmm. out when we're not at home. Um, and also, bearing in mind back in the day, there was a lot more playing outside and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. You, there was mm-hmm. more opportunity actually for you to do or get into things that you're not supposed to do or get into whereas now everybody's like literally in their phone like this like I don't think people are really outside like that too tough these days they're outside they're not playing out but they're outside though I mean now predators can get to them through their phone you know so Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, a different it's a it's a totally different ball game and I'd I'm saying all of this, but I also want to make it clear that um, we're not blaming or shifting blame on anyone. We're not saying that parents could have done a better job. Um, We're not Mm. saying that the girls were fast or anything like that. It was just really alarming to me that like he had a relationship with someone who was under, allegedly had a relationship with someone that was under 16, Mm -hmm. um, who admitted that they were living alone at the time, under 16. Like, that's a big, to me, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like, 18, cool, but under 16, living on your own. Of course, you would have been susceptible to grooming by someone who's in their 30s as an under 16-year-old yeah. living by yourself, you know? And it just kind of made me, like, we've spoken about back in the day before. We did a nostal- nostalgia episode really early in our career as podcasters. Um, and we we spoke about the good things, but we didn't really talk about the bad things, which is 
children just had too much freedom back in the day. Like genuinely, and mad I feel like, of freedom. Like I was playing outside, and my parents were strict, and I'm so grateful for it now. I hated it at the time, but I was grateful for it now. But even in their strictness, I still had enough freedom for me to say that I'm playing at one friend's house, but be really going somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it's scary to me. It's very scary to me. And one of the girls said something. She said, you know, at that age, you're not thinking this is wrong. You're thinking this is exciting. Like, I've got yeah, a, yeah. an older person's interested in me. This person is also in the industry. They're also well-known. They're the gatekeeper. Yeah, they can um, open up these doors for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm. like, they even if it's just taking me to events and stuff, and, you know... They didn't realize till they were older that this isn't. They even admitted they didn't realize it until they were older that this isn't right. And mm. one of the girls said she remembers going to like an underage rave where they weren't even serving alcohol, obviously because it was for under sixteen. They were serving pop, <laughs> um, and he must have like pressed her breast and did like a jiggle thing, and people saw it. And she at the time just thought, well, that happened put it to the side and it's now that she's old and she's got a child herself that she's she got emotional and she's like yeah if that had if that happened to my child now like that's yeah, not okay yeah it's a war thing exactly so it's kind of it just it, like every story i heard and even the first episode the first installment of allegations i was just thinking these girls like had a bit too much freedom we yeah. had a lot of freedom a lot when i i think when we were just talking about this and we were talking about the um like the nostalgia mm. and how things were when we were kids mm. growing up in London, mm. it just made me realise that like other ethnic groups in being so strict, because I remember like my Muslim friends, my Pakistani friends, I used to be like, rah, man, why is your parents so strict? Like, why don't they let you play out? Like, we're only going to be over at the park, blah, blah, blah. Like, certain, I remember how many times I knocked for certain friends from different ethnicities and their parents were like, nah, you're not going out now. Like, it's done. Playtime, done. Mm. And I was just like, I remember I used to put pressure on them. Like, rah, like, why ain't, like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you're the, you're the downer. Like, you're not able to come out. Whereas all the, all of my black friends, we were fine to cut and we're all hanging out. We're all having a great time. But now as an adult, looking back, I'm seeing all of the protection that I offered my other friends Mm -hmm. and all of the damage that my black friends have experienced from that freedom. Yeah. Like that was not freedom. That was just pure risk or not even risk. It was just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to say this like I'm going to be that parent. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm going to be that parent because it's just madness out there. Like even down to my parents when I was a teenager. Yeah, by that point, they were they were separated. Yeah, My dad lived maybe, I don't know, maybe, it was maybe about two miles away. Mm. So I used to walk between, like mm. if I ever wanted to just go see my dad on a whim, I just walk, dad's only down the road, you know what I mean? Walk yeah, back. Yeah. I was about my ends. Like, I mean, my whole ends, like a circular, at least four miles, at least in a circle. Mm. I was everywhere in between. Mm. Even down, even if I really deep it, right? There was this guy that everybody knew in my ends 
Jamaican guy, proper yardie, who was also a paedophile. And if ever he caught you on your ones, he'll just try to chat you up, but like calm, like just what he'll just say whatever the weather, like, mm. oh yeah, what's what's going on? Yeah, da, 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 da. Mm. And then as soon as he gets you talking, he'll try and sell you any dream that he can mm. to, to actually to get, to get like a conversation. Yeah. One time he was telling me, like, what you like, are you into porn? Like, what, da, 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 da. Mm. like you know, like a filming porn and this, that. And I was like, bruv, I'm 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 good, bro. Like yeah. it's I don't need, but that's me being able to see what this particular person is up to. I'm so glad you, you said, I was about to say, because if you, you were streetwise, you could get out of certain situations to an extent. Mm. As a woman, or as a, taking myself back to when I was a girl, and this is the reason why I don't want to blame anyone. I had very strict parents. To the point where <laughs> my parents had an alarm, they still have an alarm in their house. Like... Before bed, my dad will, doo, doo, I'm home. So there's no sneaking out because if you sneak out, the alarm will go off. He knows exactly what time you came in and what time you left. Um, I moved out when I was like late 20s. And up until late 20s, yes, even when I'm coming back from a rave at 4, 5, 6 a.m., the alarm's going off, boy. Dad knows what time I got home. Do you know what I mean? So we were very, and even like when I was younger, house alarm house arrest to the side it was like oh you want to go to some of your friends cool mum's coming along mum's there chaperoning she'll be sitting a few seats behind or whatever mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. there do you know what I mean or friends are having a party okay yeah cool we'll take you and we'll pick you up mm. or um you know like my parents were just very like on the ball like on the ball mm. and yet even me like I remember one time when I was living in Ends Ends, not even Essex, like living like in Ends, yeah, East London, mm-hmm. like whatever. And I was playing out with my friends and I can't have been older than 13 because that's when we moved to Essex. So I was quite young, right? Yeah, yeah, I moved to Essex when I was 13. So I, I was really young, I remember this. And I was playing with my friends and we were, we lived in a block of, we lived in like a block of flats but we were on the ground floor and it felt like a bungalow not really a flat flat Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, next mm -hmm. to us was like in our estate next to our building was a block of an actual block of flats like old school block of flats and block of flats and as you know um with those type of flats where the lift is or the stairs is is quite dark it's quite covered it's Mm -hmm. not open space it's very like you know anything can happen there and i had friends that lived upstairs in one of these blocks so i used to go upstairs and like i remember um, we went up came down and then we were playing around in that area and there was this um man who i looking back might have been eastern european or something like that or maybe he had olive skin i remember that mm-hmm, olive mm-hmm, skin mm-hmm. and he was injecting his penis with something and we've Mad. walked in and we've seen that and he just literally whipped it out and was injecting his penis with something. And then I was like, that was my first time seeing a real life penis. And I was like, turn around slowly, let's get out of here. And then he was like, no, don't be scared. Like, come and see. And I was like, Mm. and that was my first, and my parents don't know about this. So if they're listening, sorry guys, this is your first time hearing it. They know now, boy. (laughs) But, 
I still remember what that was like. I still remember, I, was, as I'm talking about it, I'm having flashbacks of the whole thing and I was quite mm. young. And that, to me, that is sexual abuse. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is sexual abuse. But there's other stories that are similar to that, that I experienced. And I still experienced it despite my parents being so meticulous and so like, you know, you can play out, but it has to be within the estate and you can't go around the corner mm-hmm. and you can't this and mm-hmm. you can't that. And do you know what I mean? And you can only play with certain friends and like they were, they were so like, what I'm trying to say is there's only an, you can only protect your kids to an extent. Hence why I'm saying you can't really blame parenting and stuff like that. No, but at all. the observation for me was, wow, these, these girls were really free. Yeah. You know, for you to be able to say, oh, um, I met up with him somewhere. This person took me out in their car. Just you two. You're underage. You're in his car. He took me to his house. How do you expect someone who is under 16 to even identify that that is wrong? Because to them, I'm just going out with someone who I see as an authority. There was even someone that was working in his youth team that he saw as Mm -hmm. an authority figure. That was like, oh, he's my boss. So, you know, how do I get out of his house? How do I get out of that situation? No matter how street smart you are, as a young girl, as a little girl, it's a sticky situation. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, it really just opened my eyes to, wow, these girls weren't protected at all, weren't safeguarded at all. And Mm -hmm. the individual is a monster, like just like, or allegedly, like Robert Kelly. Um, I'm only saying allegedly to protect us, really, but you know like Robert Kelly, they are the, they're the main perpetrator. They're the one that committed the crime, allegedly. However, these children were not safeguarded. They were just free from what mm. I can see. And that's really scary. It is. And it, it kind is. of reminds me of like how today there's no way of policing children on the internet. No matter how much parental controls you can put up there, Case some point, me and my pion pion video last week. Yes, TikTok took it down, but like I said, there's also content that I've seen that talks about sex and stuff like that. And some of it gets taken yeah, down, is. and some of it doesn't. There's, do you know what I mean? Or yeah, um, I saw something recently on TikTok. There's this, there's loads of pages like this. You know where people start to monetize off their kids, like they put up, um, they yeah, have like mm-hmm. accounts for their children, um. And someone, I saw a really interesting TikTok the other day where a lady was like dissecting how many saves um, a she, young girl she gets was getting. On the... Yeah, so this like girl that's three years old, a little blonde white baby um, has a TikTok page. Her mum manages it, obviously. And um, there's certain things that the child was doing. There was one where the child was eating a hot dog that had like 500 and something thousand saves on TikTok video. So that means people, like 500,000 people have saved this video of this young girl mm-hmm. eating a hot dog. Or there's one where the girl was wearing like a like a crop top, a little baby's wearing mm. those baby crop tops. And again, that one had like crazy numbers of saves. And she was saying how when she got, she has a daughter who is under the age of 16, who she created a, um Instagram for. And she noticed that they left like weird comments in the TikTok. So she went onto the Instagram to pre like, 
what accounts are actually following this account and even the yeah. names it, the names of the accounts are very suspect or you read the comments and the comments are derogatory over a child over a baby you know like oh look yeah. at how that baby's eating that corn dog or look at how that baby's eating oh right the way that baby's eating on that hot dog is kind of you know side eye and it's like these comments are not okay and this yeah, is on yeah. the internet do you know what i mean mm. so like Back then, it was people could physically go, children could physically go out, play out, be free in that way. Now it's in their phone. And how many children have a tablet and are able and know mm, how to mm. access YouTube? Or how how many parents are actually watching what their children are watching and paying attention to who's following their accounts and who's sharing, liking, saving their children's content online and stuff like that? It's mm. It's a, when you really deep it, it's a scary world, and there's only so no, no, much safeguarding you can do. It's terrifying, it's scary. The thing is, you 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 can't safeguard if you are not providing the the media. And what I mean by that is, when I was growing up, anything that I wanted to entertain myself with mm. was either purchased by my mom, my dad, or my grandparents. Or mm. some member of my family and then mm. passed to my mum and dad, etc. So for example, if I'm reading a book, then it's gonna be something that they've picked up that they've already like AOK'd. If I'm watching a video or a series, it's already been AOK'd by mm. an adult. Mm. But what happens now, I guess, is that a lot of kids have these devices and they're left with them because it entertains them. But what yep. you don't get is the adult then proof watching reading and whatever in every single piece of content that the kid then consumes whereas i did have that mm. i used to watch like fireman sam spot the dog thomas tank engine these are my jams mm. yeah but my parents already knew what they were they knew fully and they were like yeah 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 you can watch that well we were watching on tv we were not we were not given a small device that you can go to another room or no, i'm no, watching no. Yeah. i'm watching royal uh royal housewives of atlanta my kids they're sitting there watching their youtube i don't know what they clicked on These exactly kids, like i've um my baby sister is nine and the way my girl can navigate any electronic device yeah 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 it's mad do you know what i mean so like and even th before she was nine she was able to do that so yeah I, I i just it just really that really that was really highlighted to me and i just thought this is scary it's scary mm. because the lack of safeguarding meant that it, it had an impact on the experience these kids had if that makes sense um and I would, I, I'm really interested to find out what happens next. Like that last documentary spoke about like, um, not just the industry having suspicions because there were allegations made or reports or complaints, but mm. also this individual being so brazen and open about what they were doing in front of people at children events, for example, like yeah. grabbing a girl's mm -hmm. breasts. A, a in front of a whole girl's team breasts in front yeah. of your whole team in front of security in front of other people that were at the event even the camera it was, the it was the camera <laughs> insane so what happens Actually next insane yeah what happens next because it's all well and good putting it out there and having a documentary but mm. what's the next step
I mean, I think the next step is somebody got to build a case. They, I mean, the, uh, the, it, it starts off with the victims. They have to obviously speaking about it yeah. on a documentary is brave. It's commended, but to actually stop this person and for it to be taken seriously, the next step has to be made, which is you report it. And it has to be. But I think they did say that on the BBC. Though. I think I think on the last documentary they did say that more people had reported there. Yeah. It, yeah. Because there, there definitely was a point about that. Yeah, because like like the Arkells thing. If it had just stopped at the Arkells documentaries, the series, I don't think people it, people wouldn't have taken it. It would have come and gone. Yeah. Yeah. But because it became, okay, now we're going to file it and we're going to make a complaint and it's going to court and now man's sitting in prison. It, it, that's what needs to happen before people can move away from the, it's alleged to, no, now it's fact because it's been investigated. Yeah. Um, and it's gone through the legal system. And it's gone the, through the legal, legal system, system. And now, and yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Because at the moment, because it's an it's alleged and we know Personally, because we've been victims of this ourselves, we know that this person's team is trying to silence people. Yeah. So we know they're trying to silence... Which is ridiculous in and of itself because... It's ridiculous. I mean, unless you're going to go through the the whole YouTube and silence everybody, please. And you need to start with the BBC because the documentaries are still there. Like, when I saw the email that we got blocked in the UK for defamation, I said, are you lot all right? This is... What did we talk about that's different from what was on the BBC, please? If it was the BBC, I'd get it because I did make some real, like, <laughs> allegations about the BBC, to be honest, mm. because I was pretty much like, he was working under you. Some of these things happened whilst he was an active employee. How yeah. did, you know, didn't anyone... How did this all slip? Yeah. How did it slip and slide? You're telling me not one person complained to you lot mm. and you didn't look into it. Um, and you lot would have been providing security and stuff like that for these events and stuff. So, you know, eyes raised, eyebrows raised. But mm. for him himself to come after us, a small—I mean, he must have thought this podcast episode is going to have real impact for him to for, the, <laughs> for his team to be so pressed to put a claim Listen. against us. You know what I mean? So I just feel like until there's actual like police involvement and investigation this will continue mm. they will continue to go after people who are reporting it that are not as big as the bbc to try and silence them to reduce the outreach yeah the social impact the buzz around it um and i guess until there's police involvement or there's an actual investigation and there's a verdict then it will continue to be 30 minute or smaller shorter lower budget documentaries on the BBC website as opposed to it being like a whole panorama or what's it watchdog episode or mm. um, prime, prime time I after mean, EastEnders on a Friday night Do you know what I, I, mean? I mean I think it I, I'm waiting for it boy a prime time piece watchdog you know or watchdog might come and do the deep deep dive deep dive one hour long hmm 8.30 after EastEnders on a Friday night. Prime yeah, time when everyone's watching. Giving you all the receipts. Giving because... you all the receipts. Might even get a but... Netflix special like the Jimmy Savile. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mad, a lot. yeah. That, a actually, lot. that would Trust be... Trust uh... me, it could get to that level, but it needs to be taken through 
the justice system first for that to happen. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But still, off the back of it, I feel like we really do need to address some cultural changes that need to happen with regards to how how we are allowing our young people to move and the and the the level of independence even the way you spoke to um i mean i get it as a parent not everyone's going to want to follow their kids but as you said what you said about how your mum will be like cool what, do you want to go movies cool i'll be in the back i'm blah, there blah, blah. so annoying i'm actually like thing. you know that's kind of it was very annoying vibe. but mum i love you so much because if no it's if, a vibe if, though if like not for that i don't know i don't know I mean, it's not a vibe, and I can understand it's not a vibe as a parent. When you're if, you the child. if you don't want to do that, I get it. And it's not you know a vibe I mean? when you're a child because it's like, oh, my mum's coming. That's long. Like, maybe I don't want to go because my mum's going to be there. But I mean, I'm going to be that cool, that cool pop. I'm always you know? going to be that cool mum. Like, hello, hi. So, yeah. everyone, like, everybody's going to be like, oh, what? Your dad's not coming. I'm like, no, nah, I'm coming. It. I'm coming. Think, think about it. Think about it. We are hosts. Yeah. We have mm, our own mm, show. Mm. Yeah. And by the time we've, we're kicking out little ones, we're going to be big. I'm claiming it. Mm-hmm. They're going to want us to come to the, to the team. Of course. They're going to be like, swear down, be your dad's venom, the producer, swear there. down. No, 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 no. Bring him through. Bring... He might even ask you to DJ at the event. Yeah. You know I'd be mean? like, yeah, cool. I'll do the party in minor. Yeah, man, come on. And that's the thing. I, I get it. Like, there's certain things that, you do as a part of being a youth yeah. that are dangerous, that are yeah. wrong, that are, that's and you think that you it's grow fun. with. You think it's fun. I have not got a problem with young people doing the madness that young people do, i.e. going to a party and drinking alcohol when they're underage. I'm not telling you to do that. I don't condone it. But what I'm saying is if that's what you're doing, I'm not coming to stop you. But I just need to know, cool. Because basically, I've been to enough parties in my youth I know that sometimes people just show up who definitely shouldn't be there. Yeah, man. And they move mad. Yeah, man. And I don't know, man. And again, it's because of it's because all of these people have too much freedom. That's why. Because I'm looking at these people and now I'm thinking. In fact, man, oh, legally there's I... things I can't even talk about in 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 specifics. Yeah. yeah. But I have seen. The parent of um of a youth who I mean essentially essentially they tried to cause serious bodily harm to another individual mm. with a weapon. Mm. I saw the parent of said individual, <laughs> and the parent had a smile on their face. And I said, What the hell? How can you, how can we get to a point of having the, you know what I mean? Having safety, yeah, having, yeah, yeah. if, if the, if the parents not even going to be. It's all about education, you know, deep, when you deep it. Parents, and I say this a lot because I was having a conversation about this with someone recently about how in the African community, and I would love for this to be a separate episode one day. Um, how toxic um, parenting styles are in the African community and how um, it teaches children to lie when they're too strict and stuff or mm-hmm. the whole children are seen and not heard and, you know, there's no such thing as mental health 
um, issues and there's a lot there. There's a lot there and how um, the reason why this came up in the conversation was because we were, we were, the argument was that there's a lot of black children or adults actually now walking around with mental health issues mm-hmm. because of the way that they were raised so anxiety depression like basically most of it is down to um trauma when they were younger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the trauma is the way in which they're raised in their homes um and we spoke specifically about african home or nigerian homes because we're both nigerian and um I was saying, and I always say that our parents did the best that they could with the information that they had and what they thought was right. Mm, yeah. um, there is no manual that comes with a child that says, this is how you're supposed to raise a child. This is what, you know what I mean? Like when you're, all parents are winging it, <laughs> winging it. Um, Basically. And they pass down what they've learned and they will do similar to what we do, which is we look at our childhood and we go, yeah, I know how that impacted me. That wasn't quite right. So I'm not going to do that. But this was really good. So I'm going to do that. It happens and it goes down each generation like that. As well as what you learn, secondary socialization. So what you've learned at school, what you've seen happen to your friends and stuff. And mm-hmm. that impacts how you're going to raise your own as well. Our parents mm-hmm. have done the same thing. So with that in mind, they obviously should have because i know some parents are just bad mind they don't care about their kids but majority i would like to think that they love their children and hope that the way that they're raising them is the right way and that it's gonna you know it's for the best but if they're getting it wrong it's because of education it's because they don't know any better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the flip side of the education thing is i think that more needs to be done in schools or there needs to be more mentorship for young boys and young girls on right from wrong, on being able to identify when something isn't safe, on what sort of situations they should and should not get themselves into. And more so the mentorship, because I had a mentor. I had mentors when I was growing up. And so as much as my parents were strict, there were certain things that I just knew was wrong that I never really even had the desire to do like I never had the desire mm. to sneak out and go to a, a rave or have fake ID I never had the desire do you know I just, I just never had the desire for it because I knew and I mm. understood the dangers around doing those types of things and I got that from having a mentor of some capacity and I think teachers if you've got a really cool teacher a teacher if you're if you're a teacher that has gained respect from your students you can double up as a mentor and be able to kind of teach them things but yeah. I think all of it just stems from lack of education and the inability to get younger people to see that you think this is for um shizers and giggles. You think it's just fun, but actually these things can lead you down a path that you that will be difficult to come back from. Um, yeah, that's, that's just, yeah, that's my thinking of it in, in general. But I think a lot of it is down to education because I mean, I know for a fact, my parents would be devastated hearing some of the things that I was, um, doing, exposed yeah, when you were... to, not doing, mm-hmm. but exposed to, well, yeah. despite them doing their absolute best to protect me from those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't protect people from the world outside. Obviously it's, 
the world outside is it's complicated. Which is why it's down to education. So getting the younger people to see that these things, you think it's fun, but actually these are the implications and this is why you don't actually want to get into that. Because then mm. it teaches them from within that this is wrong and this is not what I really want to get involved in or what I want to be around or how I can safeguard myself from these things. A bit yeah, more. but... Um, because you can't control what happens out there, but you can, to an extent, control yourself. And what you're yeah, willing to do. No, I, I, like yeah, I agree. To but an extent. Then part, of me is, is, <laughs> is, part of me is leaning towards, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but like part of me is really leaning towards just being more strict with how, um, at least in my own opinion, for my own young people, that would be my responsibility. Yeah. With how, how much freedom they have. But Venom, I'm not even saying to you that that is wrong or that there's one... There's, no, no, there's I know, one I know, no, 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 I agree. one solution to the issue. It's got to be a collaborative endeavour. And on one end, as a parent, be more... You're able to say that because you have been exposed to certain things and you've seen... Mm. for Even just seeing the documentary exposes you to the fact that some children have too much freedom or some of the things you've seen online exposes us to that fact. Mm. Um, and again, of course, even our own personal experiences and how we were raised and all the social, you know, like the primary and secondary socialization, like the things that's the different institutions you've been in and stuff, all of that, everything mm, that mm. we've experienced is what's allowing us to say, Oh yeah, when it's my turn, this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, but that, yeah. that knowledge is education. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, no, it's but a mixture. Like, it's I been like, learned over so long that I, I don't know. feel like I can pass this down to a child because there's so much context required to actually understand why this is important. No, and you no, the expectation is not that you teach them everything. The expectation is you teach them enough. Every parent wants to teach their child enough. Schools want mm. to teach you enough. Do you know what I mean? So what I'm saying is it, it's not just, oh, let me be more strict and not give them enough freedom. You cannot give them enough freedom. And then what that can play out to is when they finally are old enough to get the freedom, they start going and doing the wrong things because mm, now yeah, you've course. been yeah, so strict yeah, yeah. and you've you've sh um, sheltered them. Is that the word? Yeah. It is sheltered. Sheltered yeah, yeah, them yeah. to the point where they have no street smarts. They don't know how to deal with these things. Like mm, I mm. was, my parents, I love my parents and how they raised me in this element in terms of being very strict and vigilant around who I can hang around with, where I can go, who's coming with me, etc. However, when I went to uni and tasted my first experience of freedom, I was like, I was exposed to people who did, didn't live the sheltered life, mm -hmm, life mm -hmm. I lived. And they opened my eyes to things that I didn't even know children were doing because to me yeah. it was so foreign. It was so like, what? You lot was doing that? Swear down. Whoa. I thought that was like, Big people, things I didn't know you lot were doing that from. Really, do you know what I'm saying? So mm. it really shocked me, and I can safely say that I'm. I was street smart because I lived in Hackney to an extent, but not to the extent that some of the things that these. I wasn't as mature as these people because some of the things that they experienced, I never had at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think there's. I think being strict, yeah, great. Like shelter them, do what you can to an extent, but it doesn't take away from the fact that education is also necessary. It has to be a joint endeavour. It has to be a collaborative endeavour alongside other things, not just I'm a bit strict. No, no, of course. But I do think it's... I'm, I think I'm leaning more towards the community and by the community, I mean a, a community of parents more than the kids. 
even though yes the kids do need to be educated i feel like it's more so what are all the parents doing everyone needs to be educated in same. my opinion sorry it's yeah. not just more the parents everyone needs to be educated you you're, there's like the reason why i use me as an example of this is because my parents treated me like an egg like they really did try and hide everything from me Mm-hmm. my parents are very they were very liberal i don't want you to think that they were like you know when you think of the strict parents on those shows they really used to switch the kids and the parents yeah were yeah, 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 no, yeah yeah my yeah. parents were strict this is barbados this is barbados you are not an adult <laughs> you're not barbados. an adult until 18 until you're 18 <laughs> my accent is poor but i tried guys oh no 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 sorry you're not adult at 18 i think it's like is 21, 21 or something, or something anyway, like that. Yeah, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, hilarious so jokes um my parents were strict, but they were also liberal and they were very open. So like, I think I've shared before about the time when um, I found out my school was doing sex education classes and then I dropped it in conversation. So then now they had to have that conversation with me. Um, so like, they used to talk to me about why things are, are not good. Mm-hmm. So as much as having a mentor, my parents would actually sit me down and be like, and they didn't do it the Africana way that, like, oh, you know, if you, I mean, no, they kind of did. They do the scaremongering. Thing. <laughs> if you get pregnant, your life is over. Like that, it's done for but you. But it was also mixed in with, listen, Dami, it's going to be difficult for you to do certain things if you give yourself a responsibility such as a child so early. Mm, mm. So it was very like it was more balanced than some other mm. people have experienced. You know what I mean? Just give my parents the props where props are due. I don't even remember but having even, a conversation with my but even, but even that said, yeah. I, as an individual, had to know and understand for myself why these things are not good for me because otherwise I would have rebelled. Mm, And mm -hmm. one style doesn't fit all kids. Like, I was very, I don't want to let my mum and dad down. I'm going to do the right thing. My sister was like, I'm going to do what I want. They'll forgive me in the end. Two Mm. different kids. Same. Yeah, from the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for my sister... She was more, I need to understand why that thing is not, she wasn't a, okay, mom said, no, I'm going to obey. She was, I need to understand for myself and agree, accept and agree. Very stubborn, Mm. like you, Venom. Accept and agree (laughs) why this thing is not what I should do before I would agree to not do it. If she doesn't Mm -hmm. think it makes sense, it's not logical to her as to why this thing is not good, she's going to do it anyway. So that's why I'm saying like, I get it. You're saying the education should be more to the parents, but I actually think it's equal. Like, and, and not one, there's not one way to, what am I trying to say? Um, Not all fingers are equal. So it's not Mm going to be mm -hmm. one size fits all approach, but children need to be taught the reasons behind why they're being safeguarded and what kind of things are out there. They kind of need to be exposed to these things in a safe way so that they know that okay that's why i'm not going to do that and i get why yeah. and i want my mm. for my own safety i'm not going to do that because i get that it's not safe um as opposed to lack of education there and you're just like no you can't go or no i'm going to come with you to this or i'm going to the kids going to be mm. like if you've got a kid like my sister best believe that kid's going to be like oh yeah yeah cool dad cool yeah sure i'm still going to do what i want to do anyway mm. so yeah, I think it's got to be a balance. balance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know what my start. I guess, I guess in this conversation, I might come across one way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like well, a bit, a bit one dimensional. 
but I know how I plan to deliver this, which will be, and, I mean, you, you know what I mean? We're talking very generally, way. obviously, yeah, in true yeah. fashion, you've brought up your own, your own situations. Of course, man. Have to. You have to. Well, it's just part but of you us know, being I'm, so... I'm telling you though, man. It's part of it's us being ma- so um, yeah. open with you guys, I guess, that we're able to like talk about these things so personally. Mm. But generally speaking, I think more needs to be done. Schools are teaching stuff that we don't need to know. Um... And not teaching stuff that we do need to know. And forcing us to make decisions on stuff that we don't need to make decisions on, like picking your GCSE subjects for A-levels or picking A-level or college subjects for uni. When more time, you might not even use your degree. That's another conversation. But not Mm. teaching children about financial, not giving any, like any any financial literacy. There's no financial literacy. No investment literacy. No no um survival skills literacy like no how to apply for jobs how to do a cv how to do like those types of skills need to be given as well as um skills around your own personal safeguarding mm. that's the stuff that needs to be in the I would say alongside the, yeah. the parents being educated and the parents making sure that they're doing their due due diligence so long as they have the capacity to because let's remember if you're in a single parent family for example and you're a working class family and your your single parent probably doesn't even or might they might not have family or a community that can help them with your child with the child care and so it might mean that they have to take some risk in order to bring money into the home so it's all fine and dandy and easy to say and it's easy for us to make these plans because we probably don't, we don't fall into the working class category, mm. so it's easy for us to talk about it as though yeah for me and this is what I'm gonna do. But if you're in an adverse situation, mm-hmm. it's not as easy. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot there to think about as well. Mm. But yeah, nah yeah, I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. But then even back in the day. People used to support each other more like like pe- neighbours would look after each other's children. Yeah, them days them. are gone. Them days are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. That's what I mean though. That community safeguarding against madness is, is long gone. But even that safe that to an extent, even that community safeguarding was dangerous as well. Because you yeah, no, like your neighbor could that. be moving mad and you don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the whole let me come and help you. So, and and it's because of that fear that a lot of people have moved away from that. Mm. Um, fear and of course um, everyone wanting to go viral hence why you might see something on the street and everyone's got their phone like this yeah because they want to get it on TikTok they want to put it on Instagram they want to be the one to do the expose so the, the video goes viral for their five minutes of fame as opposed to you know this person's getting beat up let me help them or let me call the police or let me do something to to stop it back in the day people used to step in because we didn't care about social media we didn't care about viral likes and stuff like that we didn't care about that it was more community we're more present in the, mm. the situation so but the times have moved we're not that's not the that's not the time that we're in now <laughs> um and there's pros and cons to that and we just have to find ways to have community in what is left of community today community today is online community how can we monopolize that for the right outcome i think um yeah you're saying you're saying about online community but part of me feels like we need to really reestablish the physical community 
like that's that's how we need to monopolize. Because yeah, I, 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 mean... I feel like just in this episode, I'm reflecting on one thing from my past more than anything, which is this guy, the pedophile guy. The that guy, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because he was known. Everybody knew him. Everybody would be like, oh, yeah, you see, like, I'll watch out for that guy in it. Mm. But it was like Bance, because we were all grown enough to be smart enough. Yeah. But I do remember like one of the last times that I saw this guy in the ends mm. when I was walking mm. was the first time I'd ever actually seen him mm. have somebody with him. And he had this young boy with him. And I was like, at the time so I was wait, like, was I into, got him. He was into young boys. Oh no, he was into young boys. He was, he was a pedophile, like through yeah, and but through. He was, he was into young boys. So he was a pedophile yeah. for young. To, to yeah, young yeah, yeah. For young boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's only, like, as I reflect on it now, mm. that I'm like, I know what was happening, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, mm. I know what was happening. In fact, everybody knew what was happening. Anybody could have saved that boy or stepped in, if you know what I mean. But mm. no one did because we already knew, yeah, just don't, my man, don't do that. And then that's it, if you know what I mean. So I'm seeing him with this boy and I'm like, how did, like, he's walking on the street. Like, I, I already know from the proximity between them what is going on. But at the same time, it's able to happen. And this guy's walking around freely again, in the middle of Hackney. Imagine if that child, like, so you said that was one, there was a time when he tried to approach you and it tried to approach man like Venom, but Venom was like, nah, B, like, I know who you are. I'm like, Psh. no. Right, you did that as a young man, mm -hmm. not your parents. Yeah. You did that, so no, no, no of course. Do you know what course. I mean? So as much as mm -hmm. like we want, like I agree with you, there should be more physical presence. But whether us old heads, to an extent, like it or not, there's a lot more online presence now. There's a lot more mm -hmm. online community, and we kind of need to learn how to navigate that. Um, as much as we want there to be more physical, real life, face to face um community and we can people can create those spaces but fundamentally fundamentally it doesn't take away from the fact that there is an online presence and a big growing online community right now like that's where everybody's at and so um that's that putting that to the side but also that what you're saying about that young boy um it's down to his own knowledge as well as an individual to kind of okay, right now, okay, I've been given the freedom to go out. This person's approached me. What do I know about the situation? How can I get myself out of it in a safe way? How can I safeguard myself? Mm. Because there's no one to safeguard me right now. Mm. You know? So, again, it's, like, it's got to be collaborative, man. It's got to be a mixture of things to, to kind of reduce this thing from happening. Because as much as there's things that can be done to reduce it, these perpetrators... Um, they're getting smarter. It's kind of like in the world of fraud, like I work in the finance industry, in the world of fraud, back in the day, people used to just phone up and be like, oh, I'm calling from your bank. People wised up about that. So now people don't do that anymore. Now they think of weird and wonderful ways, like sending you a text message from what appears to be Royal Mail to tell you that something's in the thing. Come collect this. Come collect and... this or pay for this stamp, this whatever fee. Or people are coming up with weird and wonderful ways to to be fraudulent it's the same thing mm -hmm. with 
um the like th- these perp- predators they they'll find weird and wonderful ways to do what they need to do i'm pretty sure people probably utilizing only fans tiktok mm-hmm, do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and yeah so you, you just got to keep evolving with the times and figuring out ways to safeguard as we move forward the internet is unpoliced that's the problem but you can't and it's been it under well. it's, it's been unpoliced since i was in uni because in uni my degree was about the fact that it's unpoliced and it's not changed and it's been how long and i'm not going to explain explain yeah. how long it's been because as usual dami's not ready to ex- expose her age but it's been a very long time <laughs> very long time at least a decade roughly <laughs> i think we should put that as a topic you know should should the should the internet be policed? Well, the answer to that is yes, but yeah, it's a big. This is a big conversation, you know. Yeah, that's why and I'm not. We can. But I mean, we're not. We're not planning on ending the podcast anytime soon. So of course we'll come back to this. As there's other things we'll come back to, but this is something we can always dig a bit deeper. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy that there's another documentary guys please watch it if you haven't done so already the link is in the description um share it with people as well get other people to watch it um you know if you're not gonna like and subscribe at least do that because this is something that um doesn't just it doesn't affect us or it doesn't just affect us it affects the whole of our community and Mm -hmm. it's something that is it affects all young girls, all young boys, like any sort of predator behavior is something that we should all care about, to be honest, unless you're, no, let me not say that because, you know, it's a bit, it's something you should all care about if you're not that way inclined. Okay. So there's no harm in sharing it with other people so that the Mm -hmm. message and the notion is, is out there. Um, So I'm a big advocate for that. In the comments, let us know your opinion about some of the things that we spoke about. We didn't want to review or reshare what's in the documentary because you can just watch the documentary. And we've already kind of spoken about our disgust for the allegations in the first place in the last episode. So get a VPN if you're in the UK. And if you're not in the UK, just go back and watch episode 25. Um, but in terms of the themes that we've spoken about today, you know, um, the broadcasting company now admitting that they've had some complaints and they're going to look into that and the stuff about the um, young the youth having freedom and all those things like let us know what your comments are and your opinions are around some of those things and if there's other things you want to bring to the table then by all means do so mm-hmm. yeah i ain't got nothing to add that was a uh, that rounded off this episode nicely. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna leave it to you to close off. Well, <laughs> if you're still with us, thank you very much for sticking around. Don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button, in case you're not following us. And um, all our socials are at the the bottom, the below, the comment section. Hit everything that you want to hit. Follow everything you want to follow. Make sure you watch this documentary if you haven't seen it and share it with some people in the community or outside of the community because we're trying to get this word out there that man's been doing wrong against our people and we cannot stand for it that's hard so um from myself and my home slash danny zane wishing you out sorry and man like big tobes it's a big fat piece 
Tobes needs a sign though. He definitely needs a sign. Okay. Peace. Toby, you need to learn how to do some kind of on command. Yeah, you need to train him to do even if it's just a two pause up thing. Wow.